If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, and welcome to Unlikely Leadership with Audrey. And today's topic that I'm going to be expanding our minds and our approach and developing our critical thinking inside of is decisions versus choices in leadership. I would say that, and I'm sure you would agree, that one of the strengths that is needed in leadership is decisiveness. It's the ability to be in a high-demand, high-pressured situation with no clear path in what is going to be the right decision to make, but to be decisive anyway. There's a number of places that we look for that decisiveness. We look to our North Star. We look to our vision, our mission. We look to... Uh, our bottom line needs. We look to the competitive market. There, we look to what's going to best serve our brand. We look to damage control. Again, on and on and on. Employee feedback. There you go. I mean, there's there's many of them. But if you're someone who's like, oh gosh, I need to check with this person and that person, and I need to think about it. It's yeah, for sure. In order to make an informed decision. You need to do that kind of thinking. But at the end of the day, the decisions that we make as leaders, and I acknowledge us for this, so I'm super, super proud of you. And I'm sure that in time, you've gotten stronger and stronger at it. You can look back to days when you were really kind of maybe experience yourself all over the place or where you were making what you thought were a lot of clear decisions. And you can see that you weren't doing the work to consider what the team has to say. You were being more of a controlling kind of leader and it didn't pan out the way that you wanted or intended. And maybe the fallout of it wasn't the best, but we learned because that's that's what this is about. It's not about failure. It's about learning. It's about growing. It's about getting stronger and better at what we do. But decisiveness shows up a lot, right? 
And if you're not somebody who can say, as the team staring at you and looking at you like, okay, what are we going to do here? That important ability to bring a sense of calmness, to bring a sense of safety, to bring a sense of clarity, to bring a sense of empowerment and inspiration or whatever is needed in there, and then say, here's what we're going to do. You handle that. You do that. You do this. I'm going to do that. I need to set up like that. We need to make these changes, whatever it is, and then work that plan. Work that plan. Set up the lines of communication. That's important. And decisiveness is so powerful and so important that it's actually a muscle. You should have focused where you are not only very, very clear, again, on getting stronger at being and demonstrating decisiveness, but on doing the work so that your level of inform can take you down that road. I'll tell you something, and I'm sure a lot of you do this, but I make sure anytime I bring on a new person or anytime that maybe our reach, our growth is expanding into new skill sets, I take the time to learn as much as possible in my own time that I can around that skill set. Yeah, I can't be the strongest person at every single thing that happens where, you know, I'm a, an A1 editor and I'm an A1 journalist and I'm an A1 marketer and I'm a, no, that's not, there's no way to say that I'm going to have to be strongest in anything. But I can't, I believe, I can't be decisive when I'm interacting with someone on the team and I have no idea what that accountability entails. I have no idea what the view from where they sit looks like. I have to be informed. And that's where I feel that it's not just what's happened in the economy, what's happening with our competitors and all of that, but just internally with our people. Are you informed on their perspectives? Are you looking to what they're doing? Here's how you get informed. You ask questions and ask a lot of questions. And sometimes you got to ask questions to the point where people are like, are you trying to, you, do you not trust me? And it's like, no, 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 no. No, it's not about that. I'm trying to see the world through your eyes. I'm trying to see what kind of demands you have in what you're doing so I can better lead for you, for us, and bring the kind of decisiveness. Because clearly, indecisiveness, not everybody agrees with you. At the end of the day, as leaders, we have to make decisions where people are going to say, well, I don't think that's uh, that, you know, I told you everything I had to say. And you, you, were, you listened in our company meeting and we all said we had to say it and we don't agree with you. It is important to make sure that along the road with your team, that they have seen you trust in what they have to say, even if it was counter to what your belief is, that there is uh, the common ground and that they feel heard. There is many ways to leave your team feeling heard. So decisiveness comes from, yes, I'm going to make this decision, but along the way, I'm going to make sure that whatever input that you gave me, I truly considered it, not just heard it, not just listened to you with my own perspective still dominating my view, but I tried it on like a, like a coat and looked in the mirror and really considered whether or not I could change the direction of my fashion style. 
I really, really took what you said and looked through that view. And collectively speaking, in behalf of all the views and perspectives here, here's the best one that I feel for the company. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of times I, I've been decisive and explain to people why, explain to people when I heard them out and the team and to the investors why I made those decisions. But let me, but on the other side, let me tell you, I also have made a lot of decisions where I said, I'm making the decision and I'm going to tell you, I can't explain to you why. I have no real data. Maybe we're stepping in new territory. Maybe it's just a gut hunch. And if you're somebody who watches cop shows and, and detective shows and those kind of uh, 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 TV series or films, you've seen it happen where somebody says, listen, I know this looks counter to all evidence, but I got a hunch here. And we've seen how that's paid off when somebody really, really, really sticks to this place in them that is outside of logic. All of that makes up being decisive. And I celebrate you for everything that you've done and the courage that it takes to put yourself on the line around developing yourself in leadership and decisiveness. But now then what's choice? And how is choice distinct? And how can I, as a leader, interact with choice in a way that is distinct and clear for me between am I being decisive right now and am I choosing something? The way that I consider it, uh, you could try this on and see, which is decisiveness I consider to be something that's action-oriented. And choice is something for me that's being-oriented. I have a choice in who I am being around what is happening right now. Not, I'm not deciding it. I'm choosing it. So as an example, one of the conversations I've had with Pete Carroll as um, a business partner and, and uh, founder of this company has been truly eye-opening in the realm of kindness. By default, I would not call myself a kind person. Have I been kind? Ugh, of course. Of course I've demonstrated kindness. But it is not a default character trait of mine. People don't, I'm pretty sure that people don't speak of me when I'm not around and say, ah, Andre's so kind. <laughs> I don't think they say that. Um, it's not a standout trait, right? But as I've seen what kindness brings, there, in my own development as a leader, there has been a battle for me a lot of, ah, if I'm kind here, people are going to think I'm a pushover. Or as a female um, executive, uh, I have to show that I'm in charge or that I know what I'm talking about or because there's so much of that challenge being placed up around bias. I can't demonstrate kindness because then they're going to think, again, I think it all kinds of go, goes back to wishy-washy or, or um, um, weak or vulnerable, not vulnerable like in the compassionate way, but vulnerable like you have an opening and a target on, on you that you're going to be susceptible to. I mean it in that terms. And, and we, Pete and I had this conversation one day and he said, you know, I have all kinds of ways that I could handle a situation too. It's not like I'm sitting around here going around being the, like the nicest guy in the room all the time. But kindness for me is a choice. I'm choosing 
to be that way in situations, especially situations that don't warrant that way of being. Because I know that while it might not be the obvious choice in how to handle something, I know the long-term effects of it serve the humanity of the people on the team. And I really started to look at that. Where can I bring kindness? One of the biggest eye-openings for me of operating in practicing choice in who I'm being is it began to disrupt a lot of my default ways. Things don't go the way that I want them to go. My default is to get intense or forceful or aggressive, meaning like getting all on top of it, making sure, pushing people, challenging them. And sure, those things produce particular type of results. I'm not saying that I don't not do those things anymore. I do do those things. In fact, there's times now that I get intense with the team and I tell them I'm going to be kind of intense or yes, I know I'm being intense right now, but I'm not upset with you. But when I say, how would I typically be in this situation? And then I look at it and I tell myself, Audrey, you've been that way around circumstances like this for a long time. So you know what kind of outcome you get. You know what what happens. You know how to navigate through that. How about we try on something else? Try on a different way to be in the face of this disaster or in the face of this breakdown or in the face of no results. What if I brought something radically different to it? What if in the face of catastrophe, I brought being grateful? What would happen? Maybe it would release pressure on my team. Maybe it would allow us all to look at something very creative. Maybe it it would allow us to see the good things and enhance those to navigate through tough times. There are many things. Maybe at points where intensity is what I brought to something, maybe I can just pivot right now and bring levity. What would levity bring in this intense situation that I already know that I know how to navigate through intensity. What happens with that is you start to build a muscle that is far more honoring of human nature, of of organic systems, than it is to be the leader who that's your deal. That's what you do. You expand in ways. You get unexpected, surprising outcomes and results. You get things happening that ordinarily wouldn't have happened. It's sort of like the way that in nature, when the concrete cracks in our streets and you walk down and you see the little budding grass um, uh, growing through it. And you're like, look at that. Even in the face of something that's damaged, look at the life that's peeking through. That's what it's like. Choice in leadership requires you to slow down for a moment, feel where you're going, feel and be present to the familiarity of how you're going to handle this particular kind of situation, disrupting it and choosing something else. And that's why I say 
that in leadership, I've related to choice far more focused on the way that I am being right now, the way that I'm going to be right now about what happened. And if I'm, if I can slow it down enough, I also can say to myself, typically I would be intense in a situation like this or challenging or challenge the situation. I would be that way. And I'm going to choose to still be that way. I'm going to choose that. In that, I'm actually far more effective than to fall into an old pattern and just keep operating in a predictable way. So I'd like you to just try that on for a week. Try on the distinction between the decisions that you make and the power of decisiveness and what it includes, which is truly having the people around you experience being heard, listened, and seen and validated on a continual basis, and choice, which is not around the function and the facts and the data and the circumstances. Choice is around being. And you be being in a, in a higher consciousness way, you being someone who's examining who you're being, that you can go around and you can see yourself. You can become the observer of your body, of your emotions, of the physiological reactions, of your temperament, of your freedom. When we can choose who we're being just because, but also when we can choose who we're being when the circumstances dictate that everyone would understand you're going to be that particular way because typically that's how people respond to breakdowns or respond to disasters or respond to ineffectiveness. The very fact that you would disrupt it and be something that you created, that's where the unexpected happens. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.